You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. It's really good to be here. I mean, there's a lot of people here that we don't know. Um, so if you don't know Karis and I, obviously we lead the church in Ross. Um, come and say hi. It's really good to be here. We were saying, actually, it's really weird when we come back here now because... For a long time, we felt that this was our home church and we were away. But actually now, Ross is our home church that we've got. We're at home there and it, fe- it does feel like I'm a visiting speaker that we're visiting. <laughs> it does feel a bit like that. Um, so uh, I don't know. We'll have to get used to that, I suppose. Um, I've written some long notes because I think God's got something really important for us. I think this whole series that we're doing about praying for revival. It's a timely word. It's a word in season. It comes right after COVID. It comes at an important point in our land, in our nation, and what's going on in our hospitals, with our health service, that we need. We are a land right now that needs revival. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will, I will hear from heaven, come down and heal their land. You know, there was real reticence when we started this series with the title and what we should call it. Because most churches, when they do this passage, they call it, if my people. But we wanted to call it, prepare for revival. Because if, but I like if my people, if I'm honest. I would have called it, if my people. Because if says what? It says if is about partnership, that God is always about partnership. I think there's a thinking about revival that in times of revival, God comes down and he takes over. This presence of God comes and it changes everything, which is partly true. But God is looking to partner with us, with his church, with his people to bring about transformation Chronicles, it says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range through the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him, to equip, to envision, to strengthen, to embolden. The eyes of the Lord are looking and saying, where are my people? Where are the ones that I can partner with? Who's looking to me? Who's stepping forward? He chooses to use us. I'm no expert, but revival, when it comes, it always appears to be through a few or an individual who's in that position, who's looking to God, who's looking, who refuses to give up, who wrestles like Jacob, wrestles in prayer, or like Paul says that I contend and I labor for the church. That word labor, pregnant with revival. It'll take everything. It will take all of us. It'll take commitment to bring revival. Our availability, our attention, attracts his gaze, his presence. James 4, it says, you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Your availability attracts his presence. 
your availability will attract his gaze. That's the way it works. When do we do that? We've done it this morning in the presence. It's great to worship together. It's such an incredible space. I'm a worshipper. I love to worship. I'm sorry to Mike because I was probably going a bit off. But I just love to worship. I can't help it. It's just in me. And, you know, that is a gifting on us as a church and the worship team that we have. And it is in Ross, and I know it is in Lempster. But it's also about the quiet time. It's about my relationship with him, not just when we're together. So I've got a question for you. Where does God speak to you? If God wanted to say something to you, where would he speak to you? How would he do that? Where is that space where you hear? It may be perhaps it's just here, but you know, I think actually he wants to speak to you. It says that my sheep know my voice. So he does speak to you. God speaks to you. He's desperate to talk to you. Where is that space? Find that space. Guard it fiercely and go there as often as you can. Where is your space? Just think about that for a minute. Where is your space? I know where mine is. It's when I go running. I wish I could go more often. Thank you, Albert. (laughs) Albert got me into running. So where is your space? You need to answer that question and you need to go there. God is looking for a one-on-one with you. That's important. John Wesley said that God does nothing in the affairs of man except through prayer, through partnership. Without him, we can't do anything. But without us, he won't do anything. If my people. My people. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. We are the people of God. That's who we are. That's who you are. That is your name. Right now, you are the most important people on the planet. Say it again. Right now, you are the most important people on the planet. You have the greatest influence with the greatest power. Right now, you, you are the most important person on this planet. You do know that. You do know that. You need to know that. If you don't know that, I would love to pray with you. Because we need a revelation of who we are. The great, I'm going to quote, this is a quote. The greatest weapon that the enemy can muster is to disengage the most powerful people on the planet into thinking that they don't matter, that they're irrelevant. It's only a prayer meeting. It's only a worship night. It's only church. It's only home group. I won't be missed. It doesn't really matter if I don't go. I'm not that important. You know, what is foolishness is to be given the most powerful transformational weapon in the universe and not use it. Oh my goodness, (laughs) the pressure's on. If my people, if my people, you are 
the most powerful people on the planet, called by my name. God's intent, God's plan, God's purpose is to bring transformation, restoration, healing through the people he's given his name to. That weight of responsibility is firmly on our shoulders. It rests on us, not as a heavy thing, but as a partnership, because Jesus takes the weight. But he wants, he's desperate to partner with us to bring it. With my people, the ones I've given my name to. John 14, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, ask the Father in my name and it will be done for you. Matthew 18, whenever two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. God is here. He's speaking. He's already spoken to us through the worship. Did you hear his voice? He's here. Wherever two or three of you agree about anything in my name, it will be done for you. I've given you my name. Go and use it. Use it to bring transformation. Use it to bring change. This is who we are. We're the people of God. Once not a people, but now we're the people of God. Jesus gave us this saying, didn't he? On earth as it is in heaven. He prayed. We always call it the Lord's Prayer, but actually it's a revival prayer. It's the first revival prayer. Our Father, us, family, God's people, those who I'm partnering, those that I've chosen, those that love me. My children, I love you so much. I have so much for you. I'm going to give you so much. I need you. I love you. Adopted, not just as friends, although it says we're friends of God, but as sons and daughters. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven to earth. Jesus told us to pray. The first thing he said when he taught us to pray, pray heaven to earth. Pray for revival. Pray for my kingdom to come. Pray for it, for your own lives, for the lives of your friends, your family, for the people around you, for your church, for our town, for our cities. What's he saying? He's saying, heaven come. He's saying, love Come, joy, come, peace, come, patience, come, kindness, come, goodness, come, faithfulness, come, gentleness, come, self-control, come. All of the fruits of the Holy Spirit come to earth. That's what we're praying. What would our city look like? What would our places of work, what would my store look like? What would your classroom look like? What would your ward look like? What would your classroom look like? If that was the flavor, the values and the principles that we lived, that everybody lived, what would it look like? We could change the world like that. 
when heaven comes, it brings God, God's order and authority. Sickness, disease, in all its form, physical, mental, emotional, they have to bow to the name of Jesus, the love of Jesus. You know, we hear so much now about mental health issues. I mean, we've never heard so much. There's never been so much despair. There's never been so much hopeful, hopelessness. And yet we know, we carry this thing. We carry this love. We carry this truth. We carry this hope. I know here you were doing um, a, a pray for people thing it was last autumn and that you wrote down some names of people on, on a list and we we're going to pray for these people and, and see God come and move and work in their lives. And I just, does anybody have a testimony of, of that right now? Would like to come and share? Come on, we love testimony. We had really good testimony last night. It was really encouraging. So, oh, have we got a mic? Um, so I've been praying for a friend of mine for years. I've known her for years and years and years. And... Um, I remember the one time she said to me, you're religious, Cherith, you can tell me what to do. Um, but it's always been, you know, she almost classed herself as an atheist. And I've kind of been chipping away at her, so I don't think she classed herself as an atheist anymore. And I think it was last, this was last January when I kind of, um, we had a thing about um, going and, you know, they said write down some names on a piece of paper. And I thought, oh, I'll stick her name down. Even though I've been praying for her for years, I'll stick her name down. And last year things started to shift. And um, I really would value your prayers because she has agreed to come on the Alpha course with me. Come on. So on Woo! Wednesday. Um, yeah, so this is, this, and this wasn't just a, you know, someone I put down last year. This was someone that I've been praying for for so, 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 so long. It feels like almost forever. And it felt hopeless. Come on. You know, it felt like this person is never going to seek out. She's tried um, a couple of times to um, commit suicide, and it's, you know, she's someone that desperately needs Jesus. So um, I don't really want to share her name, but if you could just pray that everything that um, tries to get in her way on Wednesday is just totally out of the way, and that she comes and that mm. she really finds, um, yeah, that she finds Jesus. Amen. Come on, that is amazing. Lord, we just want to pray for that girl right now. And we just pray that love would come down. We just pray that you would pour out your light and your love, that you would draw her with your loving kindness. Oh, Lord, we pray for Cherith. We pray for boldness. We pray that you would encourage her. Give her the words that she needs in season. Would you give her strength? Would you give her courage? Would you give her joy? Oh, Lord, we just pray for that relationship. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you're moving that you're working, that you're living, that you're active, that you're answering prayer. You know, it may not be the same for all of us. And I, I just remember, and this is a word that's come to us before, Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones. Do you remember? And he says, he, sorry, Tony. He says to Ezekiel, look at these bones, these dead, lifeless bones. Can they live again? And, it, and it's a great reply. I thought, I wish I could have come back with that one. And, and Ezekiel says, Oh, Lord, only you know. <laughs> it's like there's no way those bones are coming to life. I can tell you that right now. But what happens? The Lord says to Ezekiel, you prophesy to those bones. What do we mean when we say we prophesy? You speak the truth over those bones. You speak the truth over those people on your list. 
because love is coming. Love is coming down. We sang that song about God's love running after us. I remember being um, running out on a, on a hill once and, and I could hear this thing running up behind me and I'm, oh my goodness, what is that? And it, you know, it, was, it was surreal. It was a, a, a cornfield and, and we were running through and, and this, this noise, it was getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm thinking, this thing is going to catch up with me soon. I got a clue what it was. And it came running past me as a deer and it was jumping over these, this field. It was an incredible experience. But, you know, we see the Lord is running after us. You know, he's going to catch you up. You can't outrun God. People can outrun the goodness and the kindness of God. You have got no chance. He's coming for you. He's coming for us. He's coming for those on your list. Keep praying. Keep believing. Ezekiel says, can these bones live again? So we prophesied to the bones and they said, yeah, the bones came together, bone to bone. And then he said, but there's no breath in them. And the Lord says again, prophesy to the wind, say to the four winds, come and breathe. So I did as I was commanded and life came into them. The breath of God came into them. That is a picture of you as an army taking hold of the truth, taking hold of what God has told you to do for those people on that list. Don't give up. God is moving. He is going to answer that question. And it, Ross, we've, a couple of us have just had this scripture come up from Luke, and, and I guess it ties in with what we're saying this. And it's, this is Jesus in this passage where he talks about where he gives us how to pray. The disciples ask him how to pray. And he, and he says, when you pray, say, Father, Holy be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Always pray that you won't be led into temptation. That's a little nugget. If you've got a problem with sin in your life right now, pray that you won't fall into temptation. That's what God tells you to do. Pray. Anyway, um, for we all, uh, where were we? Then Jesus said, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, friend, leave me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I've no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. But I tell you, even though he won't get up and give you bread because of the friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, because you've got the nerve, because, do you know what? You know, if you keep knocking, he's going to answer. If you keep knocking, he's going to answer. Whatever it is, he's going to answer. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Heaven come. Knock, and the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Why would you do that? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more does our Father, our Father, in heaven, give the Holy Spirit 
to those that ask him. Why does he tell us this? Why does he tell us this story? Because he knows that we're going to give up. Because he knows that sometimes it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult because it's not, you know, we're an instant generation, instant coffee, instant everything. Put it in the microphone, fast food. We expect everything now, right this second. But he says, stay the pace. Keep knocking. Keep asking. It's a long game sometimes. Sometimes it's great and you'll see an instant response like Cherith. And sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's long. But don't give up. Jesus says, don't give up. Keep going. Don't get sidetracked. That's what he says. Come on. Don't get sidetracked. Don't give up. Because you know the door is going to be opened. The door is opening. So, shameless audacity. Oh my goodness. It's a great word. Remember this, that we have, that we carry the same reconciliation ministry as Jesus. This is really important. If you don't remember anything else, just remember what I'm going to say now. It says here, Jesus said of himself, the son can do nothing on his own. In the Greek language, that word nothing has a unique meaning. It means nothing. It means nothing, kaput, zero. I cannot do anything unless I see the Father doing it. He has no supernatural abilities, capabilities whatsoever. While he is 100% God, he chose to live with the same limitations that we face once we've been saved. He made that point over and over again. Jesus became our model for all who would embrace the invitation to engage in the impossible in his name. He performed miracles, wonders, signs, but only as a man in right relationship with God, not as God. He came as a man. If he performed these miracles because he was God, then they're unattainable for us. There's no way. But he did them as a man. So now I am responsible. You, we, together, are responsible to pursue that same lifestyle. Because all things are possible to those that believe. All things are possible to those that hear, that hear God's voice. All things. There's nothing off the table. That's who we are. That is our potential. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I've done. Let's not forget, these are the words of our saviour. But what were the distinctions of Jesus' humanity? He had no sin. There was nothing that separated him from the Father. He was completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit working within him. What about us? We are sinners, cleansed by the blood of Jesus through his sacrifice, washed clean. He successfully dealt with our sin, took it away as far as east from west. It's as if we've never sinned before. You have never sinned. If you're in Christ right now, you are facing the Father with boldness and with confidence. And he is looking upon you 
with love, the same way he looks upon the Son. How dependent on the Holy Spirit are we willing to live? He was willing to live dependent on the Holy Spirit. How much time have we got for the Holy Spirit? We've died. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. It's no longer I who lives. It's no longer you who lives. Christ lives in you. Jesus is living in you. Come on. You have a new heart. A heart that beats because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It beats filled with the love and compassion of heaven. That's who you are. It's who you're designed to be. You know, JP talked last week, didn't he, about humility and about loving the things that Jesus loves. You love the things that Jesus loves because you're his. You know, every time compassion grabs you, something hits you just there. That's Jesus saying, that's his, that's him, that's you responding. I don't know about you, but it happens to me all the time. This compassion that he's put within us. There's no longer any place in this relationship that says, nothing's going to happen here. God can't use me. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too shy. I don't read my Bible enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not clever enough. I'm not chosen. Do those ring any bells? I know I've said a load of those over my life from time to time. But that thinking, that thinking, is that what Jesus says about you? Is that what he's saying about us as a church? That is a lie. And sometimes we let this stronghold take root. These thoughts take root. I can't. It's not me. You know, when we went through the waters of baptism, you know, I'm going to really encourage you, if you haven't been baptised, you need to be baptised. We've got a service coming up fairly soon. Get baptised. Because when we go down into the waters of baptism, it's like it's the first death, they say, that we die, that our old self, with all those thoughts, with all the truth of our sin and those negative things, get killed are died, are taken away. And then when we raise up and we come out of the waters in that new life, we're raised to new life. We're reborn. We're recreated. We're brand new. It's not Mondeo Mark 5. It's a brand new creation. We're a new creation. It's like the metamorphosis of, of the caterpillar and the butterfly. You're no longer a caterpillar. We're no longer, we're not a caterpillar with wings. We're a butterfly that we're created to carry the glory and the message and the beauty of the Savior, that we're created beautiful in his eyes, that we're changed, that the old has gone, the new has come, made fit for purpose for the display of his splendor. You were made fit for purpose for the display of the splendor of God. You carry the splendor and the glory of God is within you. It's what you carry. It's what you're created for. It's what this new creation is. That's who you are. That's who I am. The most important people on the planet with purpose, with a fresh assignment. If you have a pulse 
You have a purpose. You have a purpose. Yeah, I'm still here. You know, there is an assignment for us. There's an assignment for you. You have the mind of Christ within you. Your new creation is the mind of Christ. Christ is living in us, in you, in me. Put on the full armour of God to stand, to live in that truth. We need to live together within that armour. And we have weapons. The weapons we fight with, and not, this is my favourite passage in the whole Bible. It says here, the Corinthians, it says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish arguments and strongholds. Those thought patterns that come from the old life, we can deal with them against strongholds, against arguments, against everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then it says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to the truth. What does God say? I can't do that. Yes, you can. I'm too old. No, you're not. I'm too young. No, you're not. I don't mean my rival enough. It doesn't matter. You're a new creation. God has put his spirit within you. He lives within us. We are filled with a message of restoration, of transformation, filled with power, filled with hope, filled with grace. It's a new thinking. It's a new mindset. How dependent on the Holy Spirit are we prepared to live? The best thing is, and the good thing is, that we don't do this on our own, that we get to do it together. We get to do it here, in church, in relationship with one another. This is important. This is the space where God is going to move, where God is going to build. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. There's nothing formed against you that can stand, that together we move forward, together. This is the two or three coming together. This is the space where God is in the midst. This is the place where we take our shoes off because God is with his people. And it's a special place. I was reminded this uh, during the summer. Um, did you ever do this as you were kids? The paddling pool, you know, you get the paddling pool out. We used to have these round paddling pools when I was a kid. And if you can get enough of you in the pool and that you all run around the circumference on the inside, you run around the And if you can get enough momentum that you change the atmosphere, you change the physical reality of that water, and you create a whirlpool, and you create a vortex, something changes with everybody going in the same direction, with the same momentum. And what happens is that as people join in, they come in and they join at the same momentum that you're going to. They don't start slow. No, they're pulled in with the same momentum with what God's doing and what he's moving. Are you moving? How fast are you moving towards God? He's running towards us. Let's run towards him. Let's move towards him, filled with that power, filled with authority, filled with the truth that he speaks over each one of us because he wants to bring revival. 
He wants to bring restoration. He's desperate to bring it through you because you are the people of God. You are the hands and feet and I will come. I will come. I'm coming. I'm running up behind you. I'm going to catch you. It's time. Heaven to earth. It's time for revival. It's time for change. It's time for a new mindset. What's the first step in that? Shall I tell you the first step? Volunteer for revive. Take a small step. Just do a little something to move, but shift, move, do something. Change something. Join a home group. If you're not in a home group, align yourself with people. Get linked in with the rest of the people. Surround yourself with people that you know are going to encourage you, that are going to build you up, that are, that are going to love you. As elders, we take this role really seriously because, you know, we're going to be accountable to God for the way that we lead you as a church. But I'm not interested in, in hearing about your sins, but what I am interested in is making sure that you maximise your full potential in God, that you reach and overreach everything that God wants to put within you, that you're not latent, but that you use every gift that he's given you. That's our responsibility, to encourage you, to build you up, to make you strong, to make you know and understand that you are the most powerful people on the planet right now. You've got to get that. We've got to get that. We've got to know that when we pray, things change. When you pray, God moves. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Never give up. Never, ever give up. Because you don't know the power that you yield. You don't know what God is doing, but he is working. Because he said he's working. God doesn't lie. You're the most amazing people on the planet. You need to know that. I need to know that. Let's stand. You know, if you need some encouragement, if you need and you don't feel this and you don't know it, then we would love to pray with you. Um, Tony Leslie here, Karis, myself, Joanne Marie, Dave, we would love to pray with you guys. Because we, you are so precious to God. You are so valuable. Lord, we just stand before you right now. You've created us in your own image. That I am the best me that there's ever going to be. Because you created me. You created us in your image to carry your glory. To carry your grace. You've given us everything that we need to bring this ministry of reconciliation and of love and of heaven to earth. Lord, I pray that your truth would work its way into us through your Holy Spirit that is at work within us. And Lord, I pray that right now as we go from this place, 
that we would hear that voice, one that we would know that space where you speak to us. But Lord, we're expectant to hear you move, to hear you talk, because you're talking to us. And you're saying, keep going, keep going, don't give up. It's not easy. It's not, I never said it was going to be easy. But please don't give up because I'm with you, even to the very end of the age. And it may be that those prayers may not be answered in your lifetime, in my lifetime, but they will be answered. Oh Lord, open our eyes to see that you're working. Open our ears to hear the truth. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We say, take our prayers, take our hearts, take our minds and lead us in that way everlasting. But lead us in truth with courage and boldness. You've brought humility. But Lord, we want to move at your pace. We don't want to dawdle, but we want to run. We want to run with you. We're going to run after those that you've given us. And we're going to chase them down with your love. We're going to chase them down with hope and with goodness. Reignited vision and hope that you're the God of miracles, the God of wonders, the God who moves, who always comes at the right time. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.